0: for worship this morning, before you find your seat, I need you to greet at least three people and tell them happy Labor Day. Find three people, give them a smile and say happy Labor Day. Greet somebody, say hello. Make room for those that are in the back that are trying to find a seat. So if you can scoot in, that's great. Make room. Hopefully you grabbed a cup of coffee, maybe a water bottle on your way in, but greet somebody before you find your seat. Today is Labor Day weekend, so I'm excited that you're here. And since many of you have that extra time because you don't have work tomorrow, that means I can go for at least a good two and a half hours and preach this morning. So you got nowhere better to go. And uh, you guys are excited. You guys are awesome. I pay my fans well. That's what I do. All right. Good to see you. I'm so excited you're here. I'm looking forward to what God has in our new series entitled Hear No Evil, And I know when it comes to that title, it's almost like, what are we talking about when we're talking about hearing no evil? And I want to explain it. By kind of telling you a little bit about my life You say what do you mean a little bit about your life A typical dinner at The Ermler household goes Something like this I like Music and so typically my Amazon Echo will be playing Uh, I'll be sitting at the table Trying to have a conversation with my wife Jane And then there's Megan my oldest Who's 8 and then there's my son Austin Who's 6 they're usually uh, Eating fighting and arguing All about the same time And then I've got my 18 month old cane, his high chair is by me. And typically he's eating, but then in, uh, in between mouthfuls of food, he's yelling at his two older siblings to stop it and be quiet because he feels like he's the peacemaker. And so he's saying stop or no. And he kind of says it like that too. And so he's trying to argue with them. And, uh, also I have a Husky and if you know anything about Huskies, they are talkers. And so she doesn't want to be left out between the Amazon echo between my two Children who are eating, arguing, fighting. And my wife and I trying to have a conversation. And then my toddler who's trying to mediate all this. Then there's Kalani, my uh, husky, who's just barking away. She wants to be a part of the fun. And that's the noise that's in my typical household. Can I get a little uh, help this morning? How many of you can relate to something similar? There, hey, I'm among friends. That's great. Your house is something similar. You see, but here's the thing. There's more noise than that goes on in my home. There's actually more noise that goes on in my head. You say, what do you mean? Before you look at me and you think I'm crazy, there are these voices that are constantly. Plain. There's these things that are constantly happening, and they're voices that, like this morning, when I just put clothes on, and I get to church and I realize, I'm wearing pink pants. What are people going to think? I'm crazy. You know, it's these weird, insecure thoughts, or maybe you show up to work late, and you miss part of the meeting, so you're trying to slip in quietly and discreetly, and then the whole time in the meeting, you're thinking, they notice I'm late. I'm probably going to get fired. They're upset. You know, there's those thoughts, or there's the thoughts that's like, man, my boss is an idiot. I can't stand them, or I can't believe my husband, or my spouse, or my kid, what he did to my car, the scratch, he thinks it's just a scratch, that is a dent, my insurance, I want to pay the bills, these are these thoughts that just go in our mind, or maybe it's more destructive, it could be, and let's get real honest, sometimes you're like, I don't even know why I keep going, why do I stay in this relationship, I should just walk away, I would be better, I would be happier, they would probably be happier, or the kids at least, they'll get over it, they're resilient, they'll they'll be fine, or you know what, I just... I just don't know if my life is really turning out how I wanted it to. And I just don't know how to live with myself right now. And I'm such a screw up. I'm such a failure. I just think everybody would be better off if I just kind of ended my life or something. These are the thoughts that go through our mind, whether we want to admit it or not. And it'd be a scary thing if other people knew what was going on in our heads. You see, it's one thing when thoughts like this come at us, when somebody says these things at us, but it's a totally different thing entirely when it comes from within us. That's where it gets scary, where you're like, wow, where did that dark thought come from? Where did that come from? And all of a sudden we step back and we're thinking, what's going on? And now we're having to check our thinking because there's this constant barrage of destructive voices that's constantly speaking and there is no mute button it'd be one thing if you're in a conversation in a room with people you don't like the conversation you can leave the room it's one thing if you don't like how the phone call is going you can end the call it's one thing where you don't like what they're saying on facebook messenger you can close the laptop you can walk away from your device it's another thing when it's happening in your own head it's much harder to turn that off it's much harder to shut that down because those voices don't stop. And it seems to me that these voices are constantly vying for attention because whatever one gets the loudest, it seems like that's the one we listen to. And so this morning, maybe you don't understand that there are three primary voices. There's three big voices. There's, number one, there's the voice of God. You may want to write that down. There's the voice of God that's speaking. Now, whether you feel it, whether you recognize it, or whether you want to believe it, there is the voice of God that is speaking to you right now. And when the voice of God is speaking, it's kind of uh, musical in a sense. And the sound booth's going to play a little bit of music for me just to set the atmosphere, set the mood. And it's kind of like, yeah, I'm hearing from God right now. And God loves me. And God is taking care of me. He's giving me salvation. He's giving me blessings. And he's fulfilling my life. And I'm living a life of purpose. But just as soon as you have the voice of God, all of a sudden, a second voice starts playing. You say, what do you mean? Just like there's the voice of God, then there's the voice of a devil. And all of a sudden, the voice of God gets harder to hear, doesn't it? It's like, I know God is there. And so I've got the voice of God. Then I've got the voice of the devil. But that's not the only voice. There's a third voice. It's the voice of myself. And all of a sudden, I'm having a harder time trying to distinguish one voice from the other. Is it just me or am I the only one that has a hard time dealing with the voices and saying, is that God? Or is that the devil? Is that me? Who, who's speaking here? Because they're all speaking. They're all going off and it's kind of starting to drive me a little bit crazy and I don't know what to do. And so I maybe, maybe start medicating by drinking more. Maybe I need to start uh, partying or maybe I need to drown out my sorrows. I'll, I'll try some drugs. Just deal with it because I can't deal with all the noise. Thank you so much, Soundbooth. There's a, that's all we can take. And uh, that's kind of how our minds are going. Some of you are like, how is he knowing what I'm going through? Because it's what we all go through. You see, we all look normal. you all look good. The 1030 crowd looks nice. But guess what? We're crazy. We're crazy. We got voices going off in our head. And so the question is, how do we deal with the negative noise that's in our minds? You see, what negative noises are you dealing with? Some of you walked in with some negative noises. The negative noise that says, I'll never be a good husband. I'll never be a good wife. I'll never be a good parent. Or the negative noise that says, I don't deserve this job. I don't deserve that spouse. I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to screw this up. Nothing ever turns out for me. Nothing good ever happens to me. I don't know what negative noises you came in with this morning, but I want to teach you this morning. I want to help you through the word of God to help us discover, to help us engage with what God wants to say to us. Because Satan is scared to death that you will discover who you really are and what God's plan. really is for you. He's scared to death, so he's going to create all this noise, so you're going to be too distracted to hear from him. So this morning, we're going to learn how to do that, and this message is simply entitled, Learning to Listen to God's Voice, because it's not something that comes naturally. I wish that it just did. I had somebody come to our church this week, and they said, I don't hear from God, and they didn't think it was possible to hear from God, and maybe that's why you come to church, because you're like, this is the 45 minutes or the hour out of my week, and this is the only time I hear from God. Other times, I don't hear from God. So that's why I like coming to church. But I want to teach you. I want to help you this morning because it is the birthright of every believer to hear from their God. God wants to speak to you, He wants to communicate with you, and He wants to bless you. But He wants to show you His truth through His Word. So if you have a copy of God's Word, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you don't, in the seat back pocket in front of you is a worship center Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please take that Bible. That's our gift to You can take it. We're going to be on page 150 in that Bible. So 1 Samuel 3, it's on page 150. If you want a copy of the Bible, please take that copy as our gift. If not, the words will be up on the screen. But we believe that... When it comes to hearing from God, we need to have God's word. So let's go there together, and let's learn together. This is kicking off a new series, and I believe this is going to be a very helpful one series. The next four weeks, I believe, are going to be imperative to helping us deal with the negative noise. So verse number one, here's what the Bible is saying. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here am I, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not know yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here am I, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Samuel goes on in life to become a great prophet in Israel, and God greatly uses Samuel. But here's the encouragement to me this morning, and I hope to you as well. It's the fact that Samuel, who is a prophet, Samuel, who is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the nation, had a hard time hearing from God. Would you write this down? We say note-takers are history makers. Number one, why is it so hard to discern God's voice? Why is it so difficult to discern God's God's voice? I mean, just start there with that question, because some of us, we really wrestle with it. We have this belief, fundamentally, that only pastors hear from God, or only are really spiritual Christians hear from God, but not the average person, not just the person that has the 9-to-5, or not the person that works overnight, or at the tech company, or the person who's a, a fitness trainer, or the person who's just a stay-at-home mom, or the person who's just a stay-at-home dad, or just a teenager, or just a high school student, the junior high student, or just a, the college intern. We kind of think that, no, 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 only God speaks to the truly spiritual But I need you to understand something. God speaks to all of us and he's always speaking. The problem is we have to learn to discern God's voice. I don't know about you, but I'm a parent, and you might be a parent, but when it comes to being out of playground, or in the mall, or at Target, I can pick out my kid's voice out of all the others. My wife's, on the other hand, I'm really good at ignoring. I don't know why that is. It's just really easy to tune that out, all right? I'm like, I didn't hear you, babe. Just didn't hear you. That's like code for I'm not listening, but when it comes to your kids, if you're on a playground, and you hear your child screaming or crying, all of a sudden you're like, boom, where's my kid? Where's my kid? You turn into a superhero, super dad, super mom, and you are bounding across that playground. You didn't know your body can move like that, and all of a sudden you're there to rescue your kid. Even when you're trying to leave them, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I still hear him, you know? And uh, when it comes to our children, we hear their voice, and we know their voice. But yet, here's the deep question. The God of the universe who loves you, who created you, who formed you, Why is it we don't know his voice? Because we have to learn to discern it. We have to learn to hear his voice. It's a voice that we have to tune into. It's a voice that we have to say, God, I want to hear your voice. John chapter number 10, Jesus wrote about this, and he was teaching his disciples and the people around him. He said, I'm the good shepherd. He said, the good shepherd cares for a sheep, and the sheep hear my voice, and they know my voice. Isn't that interesting? He points out, they hear my voice, but then they know my voice. You see, some of us, we hear God's voice. We just don't know it's God's voice. God is speaking to you about that job situation, about the relationship, about where you could stay with that person or leave that person, do the business deal, not do the business deal. But we just don't know how to discern it from the voice of, is this God? Is this the devil? Or is this just myself? Which voice is this? And some of us this morning are so struggling and we're so discouraged by it, we don't know which voice is speaking to us. So this morning, I wanna help us to when you leave this morning, that you walk away saying, I know how to discern the voice of God. So when God speaks to me this week, I'm ready to listen. So when God tells me, go talk to the neighbor in the next cubicle, I get up and say, hey, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to talk to you. What's going on? What's happening? And then they break down. And they tell you that something's going on in their life. This afternoon, in between uh, the two services, there was a person that came up And I felt prompted to ask the question, how are you doing? And I didn't wait for the typical, hey, I'm fine. I probed a little bit deeper. Come to find out his mother's 96. Come to find out she's on hospice. Come to find out she doesn't have long to live. All of a sudden... I didn't know that in those moments, if I hadn't listened to that voice, I may have missed on an opportunity. Sometimes God will speak to you, and yes, it'll happen on Sundays, but it can happen on Mondays too. It can happen at a PTA meeting. It can happen at your office. It can happen at work. It can happen while you're on a date. It can happen while you're online, where you say, I got to message somebody. My sister, I did her wedding a couple months ago, and she met her husband on Facebook, because she was up had insomnia, couldn't sleep. So she put on Facebook, if I'm up, if anybody else is up, just message me and I'll just pray for whatever is bothering you right now, because I can't sleep. So this dude, his name was Edward, thought I would hit her up. And he said, hey, I'm going to go. And he messaged her. And then from there, she was like, hey, we should meet up. 18 months later, they're married, y'all. So you don't know how one little prompting of God can take you into a greater moment when you just say, I'm going to respond to God's voice. But we have to learn to discern whose voice is this that I'm following. So when it comes to the voice of God, we need to learn to discern that voice. But understand this, listening is a form of submission. You see, when you listen to the voice of the devil, you're submitting to his will. When you listen to the voice of self, you're submitting to yourself. But when you listen to God, it's a submission form. So when it comes to God, we need to say, Hey God, I'm submitting, I'm listening right now. When you listen to your spouse, that's a form of submission. So we need to understand that listening is a form of submission. When it comes to God, you say, I'm surrendered to God. Are you listening to him? I hear Christians all the time saying, Well, I heard from God, I heard from God, I heard from God. Are you listening to what he's saying to do in your life? Are you submitted to his will? Because listening is a form of submission. But then I love how it said in that passage in John. He said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. You and I will follow what is familiar. And if God's voice is not familiar, you will not follow it what you will familiar is the voice of negativity the voice that says you're a failure you're a loser nothing else you'll never amount to anything so you're going to go into that job interview feeling discouraged like you don't deserve the job and you're not going to get it you say why because you follow what is familiar so if that old boyfriend girlfriend just cuts you down you stay with them and you're in that relationship you'll go back to it. why because we follow what's familiar when it comes to old patterns, old thought patterns, old lifestyle patterns, when you and I struggle, it's amazing that we fall back to what's familiar. But Jesus said, "My sheep hear my voice; they know me, and they follow me." So when you know God, you'll follow Him because we'll follow what's familiar. Is this message making any sense? I know it's practical. I know it's on the bottom shelf, but sometimes we don't need teaching that's way overhead. We just need to say, "God's speaking," and I'm listening because this voice is now becoming familiar. You will might meet somebody and then they call you that week and you say, hey, who's this? And then they have to tell you, we met on Monday. We set up a meeting. Don't you remember? I wore the red top or, hey, we talked about sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you not recognize their voice? They're not familiar. For some of you, you are not familiar with the voice of God even though he's speaking. So the goal this morning is to say, God, I want to get familiar with your voice. So we got to spend some extra time this week. So God, we got to talk. God, we need to get together. God, I want to hear from you. I don't know about you, but you may have a favorite band, or you may have a favorite singer, or a musician, and imagine you're going to that concert. I don't know if it's Drake, I don't know if it's Beyonce, I don't know if it's Usher, I don't know whoever it is, but imagine you're there and you're at the concert, and they, in the middle of the set, in the middle of the song they call out your name and all of a sudden the spotlight points to you drake beyonce calls your name you're like whoa all of a sudden, you turn Snapchat, Beyonce just called my name, freaking out. And all of a sudden, you get these likes. Like, and you're just like, whoa, Beyonce knows who I am. And they call you up. How special would you feel? You'd be like, that's amazing. Beyonce knows me. Drake knows me. Kanye hits you up. Oh, no, I don't know Kanye. No, 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 please, please go away. Pick somebody else, anybody but me. And uh, But it's awesome when somebody famous knows you. Here's my problem, though. The God of the universe who created you, who formed you out of nothing, who made you, who spoke breath and life into you. He calls your name and you're like, eh oh we got quiet because that's what we do I know the Holy Spirit's speaking now because all of a sudden that's what we do each and every Sunday come on talk back to me this morning church I know it's Labor Day weekend I know we slept in a little bit but isn't that the truth the God of the universe is speaking and we kind of treat it like ho hum it's not a big deal or we get offended because it's not even Sunday God it's not Sunday you could speak to me on Sunday but not Monday not when I'm at the bar not when I'm with my friends not when I'm at this party and we start shutting God down that's what happened with Eli notice who God spoke to. God spoke to Samuel, a boy, not Eli, the priest of Israel. What happened there? In the previous chapter, a prophet comes to Eli and says, Eli, your two sons are sleeping around with people in the temple. They're stealing from God. You need to put a stop to it. Eli does nothing. And so God's going to judge him in this chapter. So God says, you're not going to listen to me. I'm cutting you off. You see, when we won't listen to anything God has to say, eventually we won't hear anything God says. You see, we're done. Sometimes we're saying, God, I'm not going to listen to everything. So then we don't hear anything God says. And some of you have gotten that point. You come on a Sunday, you got your Bible. And now you even got a new church Bible where you're like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to read it. And you wonder why God's not speaking. Cause you cut him off. You cut him off. You cut him off. Imagine if you did that to your wife where you just ignored her, ignored her, ignored her, ignored her, ignored her, ignored her, ignored her. You think she's going to talk to you now? And then we husband, we do this. What's wrong, baby? How you doing girl? All those jeans look good on you. Those look real good. And she's like, Are you kidding me right now? Are you hitting on me after all those weeks you haven't talked to me? And all of a sudden, now I'm wearing my cute jeans and now you like me? Now you want to talk to me? Uh uh-uh. uh. It just got worse. It just got worse. And so, yet, we do it to God and we say, God, it's Sunday. I want to hear from you. And God's like, For real? Why? So you can impress all your little friends? What happened on Monday when I had a real emergency, something I needed you to hear from me, and you ignored me? You ignored me. That's what Eli did. And God said, Fine, I'll go pick your apprentice, your assistant, the boy, the kid. I'll talk to him. And some of us, we're missing out on God speaking. We need him to. God wants to, but we're missing out on God's voice. And God is calling to us this morning. Why is it difficult to discern God's voice? Because we need to learn to discern it. Listening is a form of submission, and we follow what is familiar. Whose voice is most familiar right now? I believe today in the church, we can point out the voice of Tom Hanks. We can point out the voice of Drake. We can point out the voice of Usher Bieber. We can point out the the voice of all kinds of our favorite comedians. But when it comes to God's voice, we're like, who that? We don't even know. And those are the people that we worship in church every Sunday. My greatest fear for you is you go your entire life and never hear God speak to you. You see, we're reading out of the Old Testament, The Old Testament, God gave special revelation. He would just speak to people in special instances. The New Testament, something happened when Jesus died. The veil of the temple was torn. And then we get Hebrews where it says, let us therefore come boldly to God. Where we don't have to go through a priest, a mediator. I can come directly to God and God wants to speak directly to me, the creator of the universe. And so how do I do that? But what's standing in the way? You see, I need you to understand, you are destined this morning, but you are distracted. You are destined, but you are distracted. You have filled your life with activity, with busyness, with noise. You get into your car. The music's already set. You go about your day. There's always something in your ear. There's always noise that is happening. There's always activity. If I were to pull open your iCal, it'd be packed with events, packed with parties, packed with fun things. And I'm not downing your fun things. I'm not downing your parties. But I'm here to say, where is there room for God in there? You're so distracted with everything that's happened around you, God's like, there's nowhere here for me. Real practical, y'all. I have to get up at four in the morning on Sundays just so I can hear from God. Because why? Sundays get too busy for me. I have to get up early in the morning just to hear from God. You say, why? Because I don't know about you, but guess what? I got little kids. They, They like to get up early. Why they get up early? I don't know. They like to get up early. And then as soon as they get up, my one thought about that day is keep these three kids alive. Just keep them alive. So about 9.30, when they finally crash, they go to bed. I'm like, whew. And that's just how I feel. I can't imagine how my wife feels. She's the one that actually did it all. I just stood back and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Well, she's doing it. That's what most dudes are there. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And she's like, it's done. You're like, wow. Now I know why I married you. You are amazing. All right, I'm gonna go watch TV. You know, and it's just like, that's kind of how it is. We're just kind of like, family's good, let me check out. But God is like, I want to speak to you today. I want to send you a message. But we're so distracted, and we get our life so full. And God is saying, guess what? Do you not realize that you are destined this morning? I've got a plan for you. You see, God's wanting to speak. God was wanting to speak to him. But yet our life is so full, and there's no quiet. I think some of us are actually afraid of our own thoughts. So we fill our life with activity. We feel it full of busyness. We're always on the phone. We've always got to be talking to somebody. We've always got to distract our mind because we're afraid of our own thoughts. You know, the quietest place in the world is in Redmond, Washington. You say, what? Redmond, Washington? Yeah, they built an inner chamber. You say, what is that? It's a soundproof room. If you and I were to start whispering, a whisper measures at 12 decibels. This inner chamber measures at negative 20 decibels. You go into this room and the person who built it for Microsoft said, we weren't trying to build the quietest place in the world. We were just trying to build a room where we could test things and we could hear it at a different level. He said, when you go in this room, you can't stand to be in the room longer than an hour. You say, why? Because it's so quiet. You can hear your eyeballs sloshing around inside your head. You can hear your heart beating, blood passing through your veins. You can hear your own bones grinding against each other. It's that quiet. And that's where you can finally hear yourself. And some of your life is so busy, you are not even paying attention to all that God's saying. And some of you are like, God, I need to hear from you. And God's like, hello, I've been speaking. Hello, I've been trying to whisper things to you. I've been trying to shout things at you. Write this down. God speaks in three ways. He speaks through people, he speaks through promptings, and God speaks through pain. And some of you are going through one of those three right now. And you're like, I don't know what God's trying to do right now. I'm just in a lot of pain. I don't know why these people keep saying, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I just lost my job. God's speaking, friend. God's speaking. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to say, hello, it's all about me. How long are you going to keep doing it your way? Why don't you quit your way? It's not working. Let's try something else because God is speaking to you this morning. And so God wants to speak. But what happens is what we need to understand that where it's loudest God gets quietest. Your life is so loud that God can't speak. So where's the practical time that you get alone with God? The Methodist movement was started by a man by the name of Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley grew up in a home with 18 other siblings. 18. That's incredible. His mother's name was Susanna Wesley. She lived in a small home. I don't care how big your home is with 18 children, it's going to be small. It could be a castle and it'll be too small. So she found it hard to spend time with God. So Susanna Wesley, she would get in her rocking chair and she would throw a shawl over her head and all of her children knew, do not bother mom because mom's spending time with God. That's her quiet place. Where is your quiet place? where's the place where you take God's word and you say God I got a lot of thoughts I got a lot of opinions I'm hearing about stuff and what to do what not to do but God I need to hear from you and God says where's your place where's that room Where's that place with your notepad, your journal, where you write things down? I practically have to journal. And it's helpful. It's encouraging. It was a discouraging week for me. So I opened up a journal and I wrote down prayer requests. I wrote down things God spoke to me. And I wrote down the requests that I had. And I saw next to it a date on when God answered it. A journal helps me go back and to see the truth that God has spoken. It reminds me that God has not abandoned me in this situation because he was with me then. I can go back a year ago and see what I was going through. And see, God got me through that. He'll get me through this. But some of us, we don't have a point of reference you have no way to go back to if you're even making progress in your spiritual life. There's no way to make notes of it. That's why we say note takers are history makers. Are you journaling your life? Are you looking at what God is speaking to you? I take a verse and I say, God, what did you say to me about this? Sometimes I'll read a proverb and all of a sudden it rocks my world. I'll come to Proverbs chapter number 15, where it talks about anger. And I'm like, whoa, I got an anger issue. You. God, you're speaking to me. God, you're showing me things. God, you're revealing things. God wants to speak to you this morning. But where is that place where it's just you? It's, just God, it's not not the husband, it's not the boyfriend, it's not the girlfriend, it's not the kids. it's not the dog, it's no phone, it's you and the creator of this universe. And when you say, God, I carved out 30 minutes, I carved out 45 minutes, I carved out an hour, and at first, you're going to get there and you'll be like, I got an hour, and you're going to look at the clock, and you're going to look down, you're like, whoa, felt like forever, and a minute and 32 seconds have gone by. You're like, whoa, this is going to be a long hour, God. And it starts out hard, it starts out difficult, but then more and more you learn to discern God's voice, all of a sudden you're like, God, an hour's not enough. This past Saturday, Jane and I celebrated it. Thirteen year anniversary. You say, "What do you mean a thirteen year anniversary? Not a marriage anniversary. We ain't that old. Well, you think I'm old? I'm offended. My goodness! Wow. Find me a new church. But no, no, it's our anniversary from our first date. We went to a Hawaiian luau at a small Christian college, and you should see the picture. I was going to show it to you, but we both look look worse than me with pink pants. So it was one of those where I was like, I'm not going to show it to you. And plus, with Elvis pictures going around with me, I'm, I'm just not down with this. Too much for one weekend. And so I decided not to show the picture but we were separated really far apart, and it was at that date that I was like, man, Cupid's arrow hit me hard, he must have shot me a dozen times, because I was like, whoa, this girl is fine, I love her, I want to be with her, I want to marry her, and I told her that too, like all within the first 24 hours of getting to meet her, and that's a bad mistake, that kind of freaks her out, and she's like, whoa, back it up, slow your roll, and I just didn't know, I was like, this is it, this is, I heard from heaven, you may not have heard from heaven, you need to get yourself a journal, you need to get up at four in the morning, you need to hear from God, I started preaching to her, and she was and listening, because listening is submission. She didn't want to submit. She needs to get saved. She needs to get right. And I'm going to pre the her. I'm just kidding. I'm getting in trouble now. And uh, so all of a sudden, I was ready. But her parents had a different plan than I did. Their plan was her to go to this little Christian college, get some Bible under her belt. But then after that, go and be, get a real job like a dentist or something. Or uh, go, go go become a nurse or something. And nothing problem with dentists and nurses. I just wasn't going to wait for eight more years of school. I was like, no, 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 no. We need to do this now. Vegas is four hours away. We could do a drive through wedding. And the real Elvis, would probably do our impersonator, could do our wedding or something. It would be great. Come on, let's go. She wasn't down with that. But her parents found out I was really into her. And they were like, you guys can't talk for a year. No joke, her parents said, you guys cannot talk for a year. I thought she was trying to break up for me. I didn't know that this was a legit thing from her parents. She wanted to respect her parents. So we were like, how are we going to keep our relationship going? And uh, so we started getting really creative. One of the things that we did was she had a friend, a roommate, who would call me on the phone, put the phone on speaker, and then I would talk to her roommate, but then I could hear Jane doing her schoolwork, and I'd hear her laugh sometimes, and she wasn't talking directly to me, but I just couldn't wait to hear her laugh. I just couldn't wait to hear her voice. I just couldn't wait to see those moments where it was just like, I'd "See her." We were small college, our college's entire student body was 800 students. Some of your high school class, senior class was bigger than 800 students. Do you know how awkward it is walking down the same hall and looking at the person you like and not being able to talk to them? It's like a mime. You know, hearts and everything. You're just trying to like... keep a relationship going, you can't talk, and everybody else can talk, and all that kind of stuff, and I was thinking, man, but it gave me this desire that I couldn't wait to hear her voice, and that's what happens with God, where you can't wait to hear his voice, you can't wait to get up in the morning, or if you read your Bible at night, or if you read it on your lunch break, or if you listen to uh, on the radio, or you listen to it on a podcast, where is that point where you're just like, God, I need to hear from you, because you are destined this morning, but you are distracted, and it's time to take an inventory of your calendar and say, God, where do you fit? I'm getting too distracted, but thirdly, would you write write this last point down. And this is where we're going to kind of wrap it up today because this is the most powerful one. You see, once you distinguish God's voice, you will discover God's vision. You see, as soon as Samuel was told by Eli, that's the voice of God, and then God revealed to Samuel that you're going to be a prophet to the nation, that I'm going to use you. I'm taking away Eli, but I'm going to have chosen you. You see, once you distinguish God's voice, you will discover God's vision for your life. Some of you don't know God's plan, and it's because you have not distinguished God's voice from all the others. It's time where you say, I can hear God's voice so loud and so clear. It's piercing through all the chaos, all the noise, all the negativity, where I'm hearing God's voice. He's speaking to me right now. He's reminding me that it's not over. It's not done. It's not too late. And I need you to write this down. The voice you listen to will determine the life you experience. If you say, I'm going to listen to the voice of the devil, guess what? You're going to experience that kind of a life. You say, I'm going to listen to the voice of myself. You're going to experience a selfish life. But if you listen to the voice of God, you will experience a far different life. You say, Pastor, I still don't know how to distinguish the voice. Here's the last truth. If you can tell where a voice, you can tell where a voice comes from by taking note of where that voice is taking you. You can tell where a voice comes from by taking note of where that voice takes you. Is the voice in your head telling you, get back at them. Man, blast out that email and you just put all kinds of garbage in there. You just get them, man. Oh man, you just show your mother-in-law. Just pull out that phone, man. Your thumbs are burning those, that keyboard up. Just send it. Where's that voice taking you? There might be a person here this morning and you're thinking about ending your life. And you think that voice is from God? That's not the voice of God telling you to end your life. No, 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 no. You can distinguish the voice. Because where is that voice taking you? Play it out in your mind. Say, if I follow this. If I follow this voice right now that says right now to go and to cheat on my spouse. If ooh, Where is that going to go? I'm going to wreck my family. Would God want me to wreck my family, wreck my marriage, wreck everything I've lived for? No. So I can tell where this voice is coming from. It is the spiritual duty of every Christ follower to be able to discern the voice of God. And I don't want to have an anemic church, a church where we don't know how to hear from God, where you come on a Sunday and you think I'm the one that's supposed to tell you what to do. I'm not the one that's supposed to tell you what to do. I'm not the one that's supposed to always be there. God wants to speak directly to you. You see, some of your Christian life is this. You are listening to people who listen to God. That's called spiritual codependency. The only time you hear from God is when it's from me Then you are spiritually anemic this morning Your life is weak Your Christianity is void There is no strength to it There is no depth to it And when the storm comes Your life will fall apart Because you're used to listening to the podcast pastor Your pastor on Sunday When God wants to directly speak to you To give you strength in the storm To give you strength in the dark night To help you to stand when the devil comes against you You need to hear God's voice this morning And don't just wait to hear from me But hear directly from the source this morning That's what God wants for you. So stop waiting till Sunday to hear from God. And say, it's Monday and I need to hear from God. It's Tuesday and I need to hear from God. I'm discouraged and I'm depressed, but I'm going to hear from God this morning. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Speak, Lord, my ears are open. Speak, Lord, my heart is surrendered. Speak, Lord, whatever you have, your will be done, not mine. I surrender my will to you. Let's all stand and let's sing and let's worship God in this place. Dear Heavenly Father, we need you. We need to hear from you. If there is ever a time in the history of the church, it's now where I meet more and more Christians who do not know how to distinguish your voice above all others. And Satan is wrecking the church. He's wrecking marriages. He's wrecking homes because we do not know how to hear your voice. This series is practical. It's down to earth. It's basic. It's nothing new. But Father, we need to learn to hear your voice. Not just on Sunday, but on Monday. And on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and again on Sunday, Father. We need to hear you so speak Lord your servants here speak Lord we're ready to receive speak Lord our ears and our eyes and our hearts are open to you help us to receive from you the blessings you have for this we pray this in Jesus name and all God's people said